This week's episode of This Is Only A Test is brought to you by Eero. Whatever your Wi-Fi needs, Eero has the power to seamlessly blanket your entire home in fast, reliable Wi-Fi. Via Ethernet, wireless, or any combination of the two. Simply set it on a flat surface and plug it into a wall outlet to expand coverage into any room. Not to mention with the addition of a third 5 gigahertz radio, the second generation Eero is now tri-band and twice as fast as its predecessor, which lets you do more in every room of your home simultaneously. And with the addition of a new thread radio, Eero can now connect to low power devices such as locks, doorbells, and other sensors. Meanwhile, the Eero Beacon is half the size, but even more powerful than their original model. Whichever model you choose, Eero's incredible customer support, you can call and get a hold of a Wi-Fi expert in about 30 seconds. I have Eero set up in my home, which lets me get Wi-Fi to the living room and all my entertainment devices like Nintendo Switch. For free overnight shipping to US or Canada, visit Eero.com, select overnight as the shipping option, and enter the offer code TEST, T-E-S-T, at checkout. Hey, let's start the show. For Thursday, December 21st, 2017, welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. Hello and welcome to what may be the penultimate episode of This Is Only a Test this year. 2017, we're getting close to December 31st. Just one more week, just, just like three days until Christmas. I'm Norman. Joining me today, we have Jeremy Williams. Hi, Norman. And also, hey, look, it's my wife, <gasps> Danica Chan. Are we going to make this as weird as possible? Oh, super weird. Why has it got to be weird? I don't know. It always is. You're in a Chan sandwich. You're the meat in the Chan sandwich, Jeremy. I prefer to call it a sandwich. Oh, uh, boy. Ah. Uh, Kishore uh, has lost his entire voice. Oh. Maybe he got consumed by science. He is out of commission this week. So we have Danica joining us. And I want to start off. Now, hold on. Because I'm your wife? No, because we want to hear your opinions on many things <laughs> that we're going to talk about. Uh, first of all, discussing what we all did, the three of us, including those not even present in this room, uh, did this past weekend. We hosted our annual White Elephant holiday party now i want to point out here important fact when most people think of white elephant they think of uh, cheesy gifts they think of obnoxiously silly maybe lewd gifts that you bring and you exchange them and they're really ha, ha. yes they're supposed to be screw jobs so, like if you search white elephant gifts on the internet yeah you'll get an example of what i'm talking about i'm gonna go even one step further back because some of you may not even know what the concept of a white elephant party or christmas exchange is i think it was brought uh, it was created for maybe office parties or yeah. um as a replacement for the secret santa um, methodology of gift exchange, right? It makes no sense. We're not in grade school anymore. It's not about your birthday. You bring Valentine Day cards for everyone or a cake for everyone. Yeah, you can't. You can't bring a gift for all twelve of your coworkers or what or whatever in your in your office. So the Secret Santa was created so that you would have to give one present to one person. And there are Secret Santa gift exchanges that span thousands of people, tens of thousands. On Reddit, they do it. Imager, they do it. Yeah. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of the Secret Santa because it's a little bit of a crapshoot. You are only really interacting with one person uh-huh. that they're exchanging to you and you exchange to them. Right. You don't get this connection to other people. And 
uh, I love the white elephant because it becomes an event in itself. And chaos. Pure chaos. A little bit of competition involved. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone brings a gift to this to this party to participate that's your admission ticket you bring a wrapped gift and to follow up on my original point here you impressed upon your guests that they should not bring a cheesy cheap lewd gift they should bring something uh, of quality that's the royal you right that's you as in both me and yes. and Danica. you the host. as you look as you look straight at me jeremy williams the hosts of the yes. party. the host of the party yeah because this has been i believe our fourth year hosting this party and the screw job white elephant gift does not work if the spectrum of gifts range from laugh gag screw job gift to uh, an amazing gift. Yeah. Uh, then feelings are hurt. We've had heard some horror stories. I think if Kishore was here, he might even tell of a past horror story. We've talked, might have talked about this last year, where someone he knows was competing for Hamilton tickets mm. in in a white elephant gift exchange. Now I think that's going too far. I don't think. I think. To throw in the bomb of a, you know, thousand dollar Broadway ticket or uh, front front row seats to a basketball game or something. Yeah. That's 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 you're going to stray far yeah. away from the spirit of the thing. And and anyone who's seen the Office television show knows that's exactly what happened. They did a white elephant gift exchange, and um, and Michael Scott brought in. He wanted to impress upon everyone how how impressive he was, and so he threw the chaos bomb into the party. So we set a strict rough approximate price range right $25 or equivalent value but the point we wanted to have was it's to win a white elephant party it's not about walking away with the best gift no I learned that from Charlie Brown's Christmas it's about (laughs) feeling like you brought something that's going to delight someone and whoever ends up with your gift is going to feel delighted by it now so if your gift is stolen and your rules say that the gift can be stolen a maximum of two times. Maximum mm-hmm. twice. If it's stolen two times, I think you win. Oh, the, the gift that you brought. Yeah, exactly. So if you're a person and your gift was stolen and locked down first, it means your gift was coveted. you got to feel good. I felt really it good. Felt, it feels good. It, it does, feels good. It feels I great. believe Danica's and my gift, I brought a gift, and that was the first thing stolen, the yeah. first thing locked down. Danica's yeah. gift was the second thing stolen, second thing locked down. And I feel good because my gift was stolen by two people who were both in this room. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then locked down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was an interesting experiment. It's always a great, interesting social experiment. It's a great way to bring people together. We had 24 people participate in this exchange. That's good. Uh, more people even in the in, in the house because some, some people came yeah, as couples not, and brought one gift. You don't gift. have to participate. Um, <laughs> but but it's, it's nice if you do. It's more fun if you do. I would say it was a, it was a 90% success. You know, I think I think ninety yeah. percent of the people there got things that they were delighted by, and then there were a few a few uh, clunkers out there. We're not going to name names, but n- not nearly as bad as we've seen in the past. No. Which is the the upside of hosting something that happens every year with the same squad that mm. gets bigger every year. But the great debacle of 20, 2012 <laughs> in which <laughs> never again in, in which someone received a a a Twitter branded tote bag, I believe. Was, was one one white elephant present something like mm-hmm. that's a, a tchotchke thing no it was the, the worst thing was swag yeah free swag basically free you don't, you don't bad bring, you don't bring free I, bad swag i happen to know someone brought free swag to your party oh i know but it was good swag i no, wanted that yeah, swag i i wanted that porg <laughs> i really wanted that porg <laughs> i didn't get it uh, i ended up with a a speaking spell that jeremy brought how that's did right. you 
decide to come up and bring bring a speaking spell. <clears throat> well, it wasn't idea. my original idea for a gift, but it, um, my original idea didn't ship in time, um, given that they had a whole week and it didn't make it. But so I, I I was looking around and I thought, well, that's that's not bad, and it costs about twenty five dollars on eBay now. Nice. <laughs> and I think it's a I think it's a it's an amazing amazing toy from nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. Mm. That has an incredible story behind it, and um, and I delved into it, and I, I happened to have you know had one that I wasn't using anymore, and it seemed like it would make a good gift for this the right even, for the right person. Even had the uh, and, and I think it ended up with the right person. Absolutely, uh, the voice uh, of childhood. It had uh, you three D printed a battery cover for it, even. Yeah, and I included the batteries. Nice. You know, nice. You know, I was nice. just glad it, it you know it didn't turn on yeah. like in the wrapping. I apologize that you did not end up with the thing you wanted. You know, it's not about that. It's about giving and making sure, <laughs> really, that, making sure that your gift is successful. <laughs> and maybe yes. doing a little bit of battle. Yeah. Oh, that's the wrong song. Hold on. We're not ready Hold for that on. yet. We're, Jerry, Rewind. We're not, we're not ready for that yet. Skip. Let's go back. Let's inception back up. <laughs> you get double double music bumpers this week alright so we're jumping right into pop culture let's skip past too much chit chat because we gotta talk about Star Wars Episode 8 The Last Jedi now um this is a film that, uh, Jeremy, you've seen twice already. Yeah, you too, right? Or uh, is it three now? No, 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 no. We're not going to watch it uh, tonight. Okay. Um, and you, uh, we, t- we had s- some of, you teased your impressions last week. Wait, how, m- how many times have you seen it? Twice. Okay, twice. <clears throat> you teased yeah. your impressions yeah, yeah. because last week you saw it ahead of the screening, ahead of the release date at a, at a press screening. Yeah. And uh, I, walking out of that podcast, I didn't know what you thought. I couldn't tell mm-hmm. what you thought. So let's put it on the line right now. What did you think of The Last Jedi? Uh, are we avoiding spoilers for the time being? Let's avoid spoilers. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, in, I'm happy most people disagree with me, and that's clearly they do, but I was not happy with the film. Uh, I, I was on board. I was excited for it. I was, on, I was engaged right up until mm, like a third into it. Like oh, with um, a twist? Were you disengaged by a twist? or? Um, I mean... It's hard to, to not go into spoiler territory, but um, yeah, I was I was uh, you know one of the original characters did something that I thought you know wasn't something that really should exist in that world. Have you gone on to sign any petitions online? No, no, and I feel for those people because there is something about our relationship with Star Wars that is more sacred than maybe like a Marvel fan's relationship with a Marvel comic. I think that's that. Holding that relationship sacred yeah. is exactly what this film wants to, you not to do. Yeah, and, and it's all about destroying the past and you know creating something in, new. In the menu all the ways. Mm-hmm. Fine, but that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. I mean, and, but my problem is not about that. It's just about it is about the consistency of this universe that that you know a lot of us know a lot about and feel strongly about. And for example, like what's possible within with the force. What's possible with the Force in a fantasy universe? This is an interesting <laughs> point because it's a fantasy movie, and I know, I know. Interesting. It, I know it, it opens with a long time ago. 
in a galaxy far, far away. Well, why don't you expound on why? Why does that make it? The well, rule is more more locked down know, for you. When I watch like a Marvel film, I think of it as a different universe, parallel, something else mm -hmm. that is uh, not the same continuum as ours. But I think of Star Wars as supposed to be our universe. It's just a, you know, as you said, far away and a and long, long time, time ago. And and so I feel like the the reality, the physics, the things that are that are possible. Um, there's something about Star Wars that always seemed like they're just somehow evolved differently mm -hmm. or something like if we could tap into what it is that Jedi's tap into we as humans could you know could and you got that from the OT that power from the original trilogy yes very much so because it's all about inference it's all about like a like a using your mind when you have a vision of the future or other people it's murky <laughs> And it's unclear, and it seems like that's something we've all sort of gotten a hint of, right? You know what I mean? Like, you felt that way. Um, I mean, I, I think you're talking about in A New Hope how one of the origins of the f idea of the Force was, uh, you know, Zen Buddhism. Yeah. And the feeling of uh, connection with nature and uh, the world around you, As and how and, right. and how that that connection manifests itself. Obi Wan calls it a you know force created by all living things. Yep, right. It surrounds us. It penetrates right. us. So how does that go from th that feeling, which I get why that can be feel relatable, exactly. if not a direct like believing that it's real and maybe you know as, as a child if you watch it when you're 10 years old you can very much feel like that is something that can be real but then you go from that to lightsabers I'm not and, no, and, and 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 faster than light travel you misunderstand me I, I don't think that it's real i don't i don't <laughs> <laughs> it sure sounds like you do. I don't. well and my question is more of is the derailment on as bad as say midichlorians like, does it break your heart more than that? It's it's sort of the same ballpark for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the midichlorians was a, a weird way to science, make it scientific. Yeah. I mean, but, so Ryan Johnson addresses some of these things, and we're going to try to skirt yeah. around the details. Uh, I don't think it's worth diving too much into deep spoiler talk, but suffice to say, some things are done with characters and the Force, right, which is what we're talking about, in, yeah. in The Last Jedi that was not seen in previous films. And it sounds like some of the things you thought that that broke the believability of the connection of what this this uh, the the uh, the thesis of the force, right? It's, let's say, Fine. Um, uh, is broken, and how relatable we can feel as viewers to those concepts uh, with the actions that yeah. they do with this film. And Ryan Johnson comes out and says, you know, the force is an evolving thing in storytelling because, for example, uh, the force pull, the force telekinesis ability of the force wasn't even a thing until Empire Strikes Back. Right. Right. In the first film it was just a feeling that you would have. Yeah. It was just some type of feeling and then the thing that lifting the whole lifting rocks aspect of the force wasn't even around till the second movie. Right. The whole Seems being the a, a ghost. Mm -hmm. Right. Wasn't even around till the third movie. Mm -hmm. um, and lightning bolts out of the emperor's hands. Right. So why can't I mean were those breaking the force? back then well you know like we've always had ghosts right like in mythology and popular mythology do ghosts exist there's whole tv shows about do ghosts exist right now that, that that's a thing that is something that we have in our popular imaginations so um, it's, it's tough for us to talk about this without tele mm. telekinesis also something no that, no 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 i'm not saying it exists <laughs> it's real but I'm saying it exists in our popular conscience, that it is a thing that people think about. Like if may, when you're a kid and you hear about this, you hear 
on our planet. Yeah. Like you imagine, okay, then maybe the someone someone's tapped into the other half of their brain or the ninety percent that we're not using, and they can actually move things. Like it's a thing that exists in our popular consciousness. And, gu- and guess what? How do those things? come to a popular consciousness because someone came up with the idea but it was pre-existing it's like it's it's just a part of our of of being human i can't wrap my head around it sounds like the introduction of whatever it is just felt hokey the new stuff like yeah like it it just just totally didn't fit superhero stuff i mean it was Mm -hmm. like if you take like superman and suddenly i i you know because ryan johnson's excuse for this is that it serves the story yep and so i'm writing a story and I say, well, now Superman can teleport because it serves the story. Are you okay with that? By the way, he could always teleport. It was always a possibility. He just never did it. Hmm. It's just far-fetched in the scope of this, of this fiction. So in, in terms of the Superman, Superman analogy, uh, the reason that feels not right is because the limita- as powerful as you know, of being able to fly and, and, and be able to you know, shoot laser beams from his eyes, yeah. right, Superman... Is also, his powers also evolved. Like he originally couldn't fly, right? And now we associate with flying with Superman. Originally, he was just jump, t- leap tall buildings in a single mm-hmm. bound. Yeah. Many of Superman's powers mm-hmm. were he had he has electricity powers now that he never had before. That has changed over time. Mm. But and he didn't murder. And 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 he didn't. Yeah, he didn't break people's necks. Um, I mean. <laughs> and that has also changed over time. Uh, but the reason it feels wrong when you sound like that mm-hmm. uh, is one. I don't know what the story it is where like that teleportation would make sense. Yeah. But if it did make sense, I would be okay with it. But the limitations of a superpower are uh, helpful in forming and balancing out like what that superpower is, right? As long as there are the rules, fine. And so you're saying that the, the, the what they did with the force breaks, yes, makes it too powerful. I believe so. too powerful. I, I believe so. It, okay. it breaks it out from something that we've all can imagine being possibly real on some level of our imaginations to just being just magic mm. and and i didn't like that and i felt like it just didn't respect you don't think they like, can come back from it. it like sometimes working within restrictions makes you a better artist and i and i feel like they just wrote it in because it, it made the story easy to write or something like that or they thought it would be interesting to write something completely new now that's one problem i have with the movie the other problems are just like i just felt like it was overly manufactured all the dramatic moments didn't hit me they didn't strike me in the way that they were edited to like I felt like uh, the first amazing action scene, very cool, but it it just uh, it was ends in this traumatic moment, this mm-hmm. dramatic traumatic moment, mm-hmm. and it was edited slow motion and heart and big music, and it was just like cut cut cut, and it was supposed to make me feel something that it it didn't, and a lot of the scenes that have that dramatic rise, they just felt manufactured that way, but not not directed in a sensitive way. It's so funny because for all the many complaints, and there are people we allude to signing petitions right now to try to wipe this movie from canon. Uh, they did many, the same thing with the prequels. Y- yep, yep. Um, so many of the complaints. Whereas the prequels, I think the complaints narrowed down to specific things. Yeah. Jar Jar, um, the romance, midichlorians. Mm. Here, I see like what even just one week after release, the complaints for Last Jedi come from all directions come from portrayals of characters, portrayals of the Force, B-plots, dramatic moments, CG, humor, all these things. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's it's not like it's this, this one thing people are rallying against. Danica, what did you think about the film? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun to watch. Um, my beef with it tends to be more stylistic. I felt, without spoilers, the any human floating that happened <laughs> looked so horrible and really hokey. Yeah. 
um, that I just, I, I wanted to giggle, uh, so I couldn't take it seriously. And I had some character design issues. Which uh, character specifically? Or which characters? Uh, Laura Dern, Holdo. Mm, um, yeah. I felt that her, I felt like they were, like, I, I enjoy the quirk that's added into this film. I like that it's funny. I like that it has more nuance. But her character design, I found so jarring in such a bad way. It was like they were reaching for something, and I kind of understood what they were reaching for. They did not get to it. Do you mean, you don't mean her costume? Her costume, her hair, her weird Easter egg, Gatsby hairdo, all of it, this, all of it, the Effie trinketness of it, I feel like it just didn't work at all and I found it really distracting Mm. but I was just looking through this art of Star Wars book and the concept art for her is fantastic so the execution didn't fulfill uh, what was was drawn on paper I didn't mind her costume so much as as her character I I didn't like that she had this secretive aspect to her that I just didn't I didn't understand strategically why that worked yeah and uh, and just the her relationship with Leia came out of nowhere like they're suddenly very close yeah like we don't know who she is. It was odd. Um, it was played un- somewhat unnecessarily, unnecessarily secretive. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is she or isn't she bad? Mm-hmm. Like, you is know, she the thing that the, this, you know, it's being right? Unnecessarily. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I found, um, f- just in watching the film, that was jarring to me in both that character and also Benicio del Toro's character is that unlike a Marvel film where there are so many characters and so much casting association like big names become big characters you know Scarlett Johansson is Black Widow but she was a star in her own right beforehand mm-hmm. and it's okay to there's no it's okay to, to reconcile that um, when Star Wars it feels a little weird it's like I'm looking back and thinking about was it weird to see Sam Jackson be Sam Jackson essentially in a Star Wars movie and in The Force Awakens we had basically <coughs> all newcomers Right, we had the old, we had the old guard, mm-hmm. which they were newcomers relatively in um, when um, original trilogy, right? And we had newcomers in the Force Awakens, and now we see a film with established actors in the Star Wars universe, right? Even Rogue One was basically all relative newcomers. Mm-hmm. You know, the people had done films before, but they weren't the big blockbuster A-listers. Um, so to see a Laura Dern and to see a Benicio del Toro in a Star Wars movie. Um, Felt a little weird, even though I know we've had Sam Jackson in one, and I I still think that's maybe that goes to how 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 believable you want this universe to be on its own. Alec Guinness was a big star in the first one, but he was yeah. as big as a god. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know how much more do you want to talk about Star Wars. Uh, how about I have I have one theory I want to share okay. for everyone who's on my page who, who thinks this film didn't work out. Maybe the great strategy here is he's trying, is Ryan Johnson and, or maybe Kathleen Kennedy, people involved at the helm here, are trying to bring balance <laughs> to the Star Wars series. <laughs> what does that even mean? Right? So you have the original trilogy, which are, which are great, and oh, then you no. have the prequels, which are bad. And on the no. other, <laughs> but they go bad in, in, in descending order, I believe, right? The worst, the okay, and then the, the, like the least bad. I think it's the middle, and then the worst, and then yeah. And now, on this side, it goes in 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 ascending order, and so right in the middle. What's the best film? Everyone thinks the best Star Wars film ever it's made. Empire. Empire, right in the middle, is right in the middle. Yeah. So, scale. so you think this is going to be the worst of the new trilogy? I think the next one will be even worse than you than think. This. So? Oh yeah. wow! So did you like this one more than 
Seven. Force Awakens. You know, I'm kind of the same on them. I because I, honestly, if I found I them to, to be very different. I guess a lot of people. I don't know. I I I think I like this one le- less. Interesting. Than the Force Awakens. Wow. And the Force Awakens, I was put off by some other things like Harrison's acting. I didn't feel like he was invested in yeah. Han Solo anymore. He's also sort of a shitty actor. I mean, have you? <laughs> did you rewatch Blade Runner recently? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had forgotten how bad of an actor he really can be. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I just felt like in all the other Star Wars films, I believed he was into the character. I think he w- he made a good Han Solo. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like he was in it. And he, knowing he's not, you know, doesn't help much. You can't say that about Luke, though. Luke was Luke. Yeah. No, I, I like Luke. But I you like... know Luke hates this Luke Skywalker. You know uh, mm-hmm. Mark Hamill hates this film. He hates the last one. He doesn't like anything that they've done with Luke Skywalker. But so he played it well. Yes, he played it yeah. well. That's true. You know, Professional. No, he, yes. did, he did well. Although I will say that killing off Han Solo, even though it upset a lot of people, it opened the door, I think, for a renewal in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Like the whole this movie is all about killing off the past. And I'm, in that way, I'm really glad that he's dead because it allowed to pivot away from the same story feeling over and over like it's being yeah. told again. The way that Force Awakens feels like a fan film, mm-hmm. when you start killing off more of those characters, you've got to get more creative <clears throat> and go for a different story. And, and it's I, time for that. There are definitely parallels in this trilogy with the original trilogy. Right? Everyone says the first, you know, Force Awakens very clearly has many moments structurally, uh, thematically, as homage to uh, A New Hope, um, modernized, of course. And I think this film is has many similarities i think to empire especially the way it ends but I think. it has just as many to jedi and it but and, and and also to jedi and in addition to that is has its own thematic elements that we've never seen in a star wars movie and i like that a lot okay i will say one more point about this i like how murky light and dark is mm. like how subject to interpretation mm-hmm. or environment um, I like that it's not so binary. I I like that there's that there's the potential for an interesting story there. Yeah. I just don't feel like one's been told yet. Yeah, well, that's J.J. Abrams' job coming in for the next film. I am so excited for Ryan Johnson owns his own trilogy of Star Wars films. Mm. That those can't come fast enough. I know the J.J. Abrams stuff. That's a, a machine that's going to keep on rolling. It's going to, you know, it's, it, he's. I I feel like he can he's can stick the landing. Um, Do you like Episode Eight more than Looper? His, uh, this is another one of Ryan Johnson's films. You know what? Uh, I said this on Still Untitled. I think Episode Eight is most akin, and, and Looper is not my favorite Ryan Johnson film. Oh, Brothers like... Bloom is my favorite Ryan Johnson I haven't film. Seen that. It's spectacular. And I think this film, uh, Last Jedi, is more akin to Brothers Bloom than to Looper, even though Looper is a science fiction film. Mm-hmm. And I like Looper. I don't love Looper. I think there are great ideas in Looper, mm-hmm. um, but I like Brothers Bloom more because I think it has way more emotional it's impact for me. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. I will watch it. Yeah. Uh, you're in for a treat. And maybe it might even change your opinion about Last Jedi. Oh, Who you knows? think? Like, really? I, I think you might better, better understand what type of director he is and what type of stories he likes to tell. Okay. Mm-hmm. I say watch Brothers Room and then rewatch Last Jedi. Great. If, if you can bear it. But he should be appreciated for giving us our first sex scene in a Star Wars movie. Spoilers. I regret nothing. Uh, you know, if you don't, if you're not interested in watching Last Jedi, you could also just watch the original trilogy. And uh, the original trilogy is now, uh, or may soon be, uh, the best version you can find it ever <laughs> at. It's not just Harmy's 
um, uh, despecialized edition. We may see a 4K version, maybe. Yeah. So Harmies, as we've discussed on <coughs> previous podcasts, is uh, is based on several different versions of the original Star Wars films. Yeah. Right. So they had the Laserdisc, DVD, probably VHS, uh, but then also some original 4K, uh, not 4K, but uh, film scans. But it was all mastered at 1080p, I want to say. But, mm -hmm. you know, very high bit rate. It's the de facto version. If you want the original version, not yep. the special edition, that's the one to watch. Or at least it has been so far. Well, someone's come back with unique access. What does that even mean? So the story is that the original negatives are gone for Star Wars, well, right? Yeah, I'm sure they are. Like, I, I, you can't re-edit the film because the original negatives. So what you, yeah. what's, the only thing that's left is our prints. Our prints. But all the prints were recalled. Yes, yeah, so right. like, and this is the prints that they made for distribution yeah. when the film came out in 1977. But so you have second generation, and then prints can be remade. So is this a second generation print, a third generation print? Just because it's in 35 mil doesn't mean necessarily could be first. I mean, like people held on to them secretly. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. There's no way that yeah. everyone just freely surrendered them. Yeah, no <laughs> way, so, no way. Um, it's interesting. So somebody's rem um, remastering it in 4K, 4K. Little, by, little by little. So like doing a scan yeah. of a 35, they have a scanning machine, and doing the cleanup work. All, all in 4K. All in 4K. Now, is this a moot point? Because I assume Fox slash Lucasfilm has a print, has a version. And one of the reasons we haven't seen a mm. Blu-ray 4K release is because of rights distributions. Uh, 20th Century Fox, Home Video Entertainment, own the rights to distribute the original trilogy. And now that's all in the Disney family. So this all this hard work could could be for naught because Disney minute, in two years could just say here's here's your 4K UHD version of Star Wars: New Hope. Lucas didn't own the rights for to, distribution to Star Wars. No. Nope. Wait a minute. You're saying that when Lucas was sold to Disney, ever yeah. since then, Disney's never even been able to consider a remastering of the original trilogy. Correct. I had no idea. 20th Century Fox. Wow. Home Entertainment. Yeah. So Disney just owned the merchandising for that. They own the brand. Yeah, and they own all the new IP, but the original and the films. merch, the original film distribution. Yeah, in the U.S. Crazy internationally, Fox. Well, I that was, that's why you want to pay fifty-two million dollars to buy Fox. Billion, I... sorry, billion dollars to buy Fox. <laughs> what a steal! Fifty-two mil. I mean, that would be a great way to placate people like me <laughs> if, they, if, they, if they wanted. Well, you know, I think the journey is the most important thing. Like both Star Trek and Star Wars have these fascinating journeys of like seeing the best version. Right, and yeah. at some point we're going to reach a point where once we get AKTVs, <coughs> the, the limit of the fidelity you can get out of a thirty-five millimeter film is going to be reached. Right, you're never going to see. At some point, you're actually going to see it better than what most people saw it at in nineteen seventy-seven because you're going to have the best projector, best display system. But you want to see that original negative, and Star Wars has this interesting story because there are no negatives, because there are yeah. rare prints to be found, because there are so many different versions of it, and Star Trek has its own. Uh, interesting story, at least next generation, because uh, everything was edited on video and it wasn't film, and then they did a whole remaster series. So, you know, they, I, I think the journey, just like in prop publication, in, in media, in media archiving, um, we're, we're getting to a point where we're going to get the definitive editions. Hopefully, cross our fingers and never have to buy another disc version yeah. of these. Because the difference between 4K and 8K, come on, minuscule. Unless you shot in 70, 70 mil, <laughs> it, which they did. They didn't yeah. shoot in 70 mil. So. When they remastered in VR, oh boy, I'm on board. VR 3D? Nope, 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 nope. I mean, at that point, it, it's not going to be a remaster. It'll be a rendering. Yeah. Uh, it, it'll just be to drop, drag and drop the footage into a player. 
No, I don't mean two. I don't mean like in a two. two like oh, in you a mean, oh, you mean oh, you mean Ready Player One? Yes. You mean exactly. you mean <laughs> you mean surrounding you Precisely. in the scene. The director's intent. Can yeah. I can I do a little tangent here because you we may so rarely get to have um, a female on the podcast, which I am. <laughs> Did you grow up liking Star Wars? You're loving it. Okay, because I think it has a reputation for being more appealing to boys. Like the, maybe the merchandising was more for boys, but the stereotype, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad to hear that. Do you think that that having Ray as the star of the film and also what was her name in Rogue One? Jin Erso. Jin Erso. Do you think that that is bringing more girls into the franchise? As, Absolutely. As fans? Representation is really, really important. And having like these badass characters, the same way that I had Princess Leia, yeah. you know, having something to look at and to be interested in. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I, I was reviewing movies from my childhood that I wanted to share with my daughter. And it's so much harder than finding ones to share with my oh, son. Absolutely. Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Gremlins, you know, Star Wars, they're all, they all stale. They all... Um, they all have male leads. Mm -hmm. They all seem they were directed by males. They were four males, and I, I would love to have movies more like Star Wars Episode Seven, Eight, and uh, anything more with with females at the helm. Um, there, yeah, there really isn't a lot, which is why the, the people tend to love things so intensely. Like I've been obsessed deeply with Wonder Woman my entire life yeah. because that was a strong female character. Same thing with Leia. Same thing with Uhura. Like. When you have something that you can actually identify with or want to aspire to, having some sort of role model, like it makes a big impression. And when you're a female or a minority and you have fewer options, they mean even more. <laughs> so yeah, having more female leads is absolutely important. Leads and even stronger supporting cast. I think. That, I mean, yeah. again, without going too much into the details, yeah. uh, the, a lot of the new characters in Last Jedi um, are. Are great. Which isn't to say that I don't enjoy male performers and male-driven stories. And I'm predisposition towards sci-fi, so of course no, I have to. Likewise. But but I think that, that these recent Star Wars films prove that males will enjoy female performances as yeah. well. So there's no reason not to. I would love to see more role models for, for my daughter. You know, uh, where did you watch The um, Last Shadow the second time, Jeremy? Um, it was in a... Uh, not IMAX. It was on Metreon, but not IMAX. Uh, just a regular, just a regular yeah. show. How mm -hmm. many minutes of trailers did you get? Oh, it was too many. Too many. <laughs> Whatever, like 25 minutes. Oh, my goodness. I would have sat through 22 minutes of Frozen, the short film, <laughs> rather than trailers. Are trailers really essential these days in theaters? Are people not just watching them on their phones and uh, online? I don't know. I like them. I enjoy trailers. How, how many trailers The thing trailers I hate are all the much. commercials ahead of the trailers and all the other crap. Yes. That's obnoxious. To well, me. with preserved seats, I guess you should book. You can book, come in ten minutes past the screening time and still be totally okay. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think trailers are their own art, and I'm into it. Uh, I, yeah, I was. I will say, and I don't think I mentioned this on still titled. Uh, not having seen the trailers for Last Jedi, and then going in relatively cold uh, to watch it made the experience so much better for me. <laughs> I was not doing the thing; I was picking out <clears throat> scenes and waiting for certain scenes to happen. Right. Uh, that had been just glimpses in the trailer. Mm -hmm. And um, I watch trailers and I regret nothing. Because mm. what got me most excited about this one, as much as like we're talking about strong female leads and all that, like Adam Driver is an absolute force of nature. And everything that was teased in the trailers, though I didn't find it to be, it wasn't telling me everything, but it was making me interested and excited to see the film, which I is think, a nice feeling. I think you two are disagreeing there. 
Oh, well, I would about Adam Driver. I don't know. I about, I think this is probably his better film. I just felt like in Force Awakens, he was a little too emo for me. Yeah. And that not like he wasn't here. And uh, it's hard not to go into spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but but can, can you imagine if Hayden Christensen played Anakin in any way close to how uh, he's playing? Oh, he's better than that. He's. Yeah. I mean, he is amazing. And But I understand Hayden Christensen is actually a, a good actor. He just I don't was, think that's true. I've heard that Star Wars isn't his worst film. Or <laughs> the, <laughs> the series, like the, the second two. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, so I, I guess I, I don't know what it's like to act against a green screen. It's, it seems difficult, but whatever. Yeah, All I right. don't know. Um, I'm not going to talk about this trailer because I don't think it's actually that worth discussing. There's a, there's a trailer for a film, um, Mortal Engines, that I think is kind of eh, it's, it's kind of interesting. Peter Jackson wrote it, and it's a big Weta film. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, this was uh, one of the trailers in front yeah, of Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a... Uh, uh, don't want to go too too much into it, but I think it's a, it's a novel concept. Mad Max with with cities. Uh, it's the one I would recommend. Oh yeah, I mean just the, for a CG yeah extravaganza. Yeah, uh, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas had some um, some big predictions about the film industry they, recently. Oh my! And we have a dog barking outside. Um, did you did you read this? This, um, this is interesting. Yeah, what, what, what did they say? So they were. Um, I guess they were doing a talk somewhere. I don't remember, but. Um, how cool would that be to have Spielberg and Lucas on the stage, especially right around now? But they um, started to talk about the future of the film industry, and it just seemed like this wasn't even the major topic of conversation, but it came up, and um, they both completely agreed that movie theaters were, this is the death knell, that they will be going away. At least the large-scale you know, movies or movie theaters mm -hmm. on you know, in every city and several places, that's going away. That going to movies very soon will become a an event like going onto a Broadway show. It might cost you $100 to go to see a film, you know? It might cost you $150. And th there will be tears, and it will be a major event, and you'll wear nice clothes, and you'll probably eat well. And That's what they think is going to happen? That's what they think. And but, but the movie theaters won't be the movie theaters we have today. Like, they will be ornate, majestic places that you'll go wow. in and experience this event. Whereas this movement towards watching at home will become more and more day and date with releases. So I don't disagree with the the watching at home yeah. day and date part, but I absolutely do not believe that the answer to that and what people are going to move toward mm -hmm. is the dress up and go to an ornate theater to watch a two hour film. Yeah, I don't. I think that's feeling a little out of touch with what the kids are going to want to do these days. Yeah, and going to see a movie it is such an experience. I don't know. I I don't see that lessening. Even if you've got, because you'll never have a TV at home as big as what you can see. Yeah. And you'll never have a sound system as amazing. And, well, you know. According to them, it won't be a, a choice. Like, it's not, it's not, they're not saying that it will, it, uh, movie theaters will go away because by design. They're saying that they'll go away because movies cost too much to make now. Mm -hmm. That they're costing $250 million. Right. And there's going to be, at some point, a series of failures that will be so catastrophic that it won't make this feasible anymore. Um, I mean, Netflix is, is kind of changing up on that and they're, they're, you know, they're big experiments. They've done a handful of self-funded films, uh, which are supposed to be, were otherwise would have been films that would have been on the big screen, uh, War Machine with Brad Pitt and upcoming movie, uh, with Will Smith, Bright. Uh, these are films with big time directors, big time stars that 
would have, if given the right marketing and uh, given distribution, would have been event films to watch in theaters and made you know tens of millions, if not a hundred million dollars yeah. at the box office. Uh, now, because those films are quote unquote just on Netflix, I don't say want to say that dismissively because mm-hmm. these films can be great. Uh, does the perception of these films change? Do they become less of an event, a social event, a pop culture shared experience because anyone can watch it anytime? Are people going to want to flip on that movie? You know, if 10 million people would have watched it in theaters opening weekend, would 10 million Netflix subscribers in that weekend have turned it on to, to watch Bright? Or yeah. does that diminish? I mean, it the, does the kind of feel of like straight to DVD to some degree rather than like wide theatrical release. Um, and part, of it, part of it's marketing. With uh, television, it's different when you can drop a whole series and binge it. Like that's an event. That's a thing. Hmm. But I don't know. Film doesn't have that same... Cache yet. Spielberg said that Lincoln was very nearly um, released on HBO, like nearly purchased and you know. So maybe it's the film. Like if let's go back. If, if a Star Wars, if one of no, let's say not a, like a, let's, uh, one of the uh, the Star Wars stories, the Han Solo, the Rogue One, right? If there was a Star Wars universe film that was funded by Disney and they did their own launch of their streaming service, and they said this would be day and date released on their streaming service only at. $10 a month, you do your $10 sign up, you get that movie on that release date, that would I still feel like would be a big event. As big as the movie being in theaters. I don't think needing, I think sitting in theaters has, gives it a certain feel. Yeah. Um, but, Homes uh, are, but home theaters are becoming more and more like that. Yeah, yeah but When you talk like that, it feels more like a gimmick. Like, hmm. what they're done with, the, uh, with Star Trek Discovery is a gimmick doesn't feel and those shows the house of cards westworld star trek discovery these are hundred million dollar shows mm-hmm. yeah they're spread over 10 hours but the same amount of money is being put into this kind of programming uh, as you would put on a film mm-hmm. um but at the same time you could there are films that cost you know 10 million dollars 15 million dollars that would otherwise feel like uh home video releases if they weren't put in the big screen but because they're on the big screen um, they have there's a feeling of importance to them, like you know, like a movie like Lady Bird or even The Shape of Water, right? Like these feel like events and feel like they deserve, like they earn the right to be on the big screen, even though it's just purely a business deal, a handshake that gave them the distribution to yeah. be on the big screen. It well, seems like those would suffer more in this dystopian future of fanciness <laughs> that yeah. you're describing, Jeremy. Imagine if the films didn't cost 250 million, but they cost you know twice that or a billion dollars. Like you'd go to see that, you'd pay a hundred bucks maybe to go see that. Well, you think so? You think that's like the 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 reason to go to a theater? Like knowing how much investment and how much was put into a film. As I don't think people go to Broadway I because of no, that. The no, lab. I'm not saying that they would go because there was money invested. I'm saying they would go because whatever that investment results in creates a buzz and creates you know this. Uh, you would hope that it creates an experience that you've never seen before. Hmm. And and once the reviews got out that that is indeed what it is, you'd be curious about it. Maybe maybe there's other sensory input. Maybe it's like you know not just the chairs rumble, but there's more involved to it. I don't know. There's haptic suits and yes, smells, <laughs> live readings. They did smellivision in like the seventies. You, know, you, you know what I could actually see happening is like if you think about why people go to Broadway, for example, it's because it is a live performance. It is like the the there's a scarcity. Mm-hmm. in the performance right it's people's times people's acting there's a tension in the live execution of it yeah it's always unique 
Mm-hmm. Every every performance, no matter how rehearsed, is going to be a little different. different. Um, and there's also the fidelity. You're never going to get as high fidelity as seeing a person right. mm-hmm. um, sing or dance on the stage. Um, you can't obviously do that for film, but there is an aspect of the film you can do that, which is music. Oh, yeah, so orchestration. That may be yeah. the, the bridge where... But that's already something that's been done for, for years. Is to Right, but maybe that's, that's and was, and how then, films will evolve. Originally, mm-hmm. like with silent films. Where if mm-hmm. you're talking about if it's the Broadway experience, right? If Because you can't make the flat screen. You can have the best. You can have the best 8K projector, HDR projector, 16K projector, whatever it is going to be in the future. It's still going to be a 2D image on a flat big screen, IMAX size screen or whatever it is. But the only way you can enhance that with, with the scarcity of the performance is you can also bring in a live performance aspect to it, the live music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. I, that, that would put me... And they do that, and that is a special event. You pay more for that. Right, but they don't do that for first releases. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you have a name like a John Williams or Michael Giacchino and say they work their ass off on this score, review the score as much as you review mm-hmm. the film. The film is going to be its blockbuster thing. But you could see them, a, a, a world-class orchestra, play mm-hmm. it live along with the film on the first day of release and hear the instruments. You're not going to get a, that in the home theater experience. I'm with you. But that, that, that is what you're talking about, jacking that price up that, so much. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That would, that would get if me it was to automatic, put on, put on the fancy these, clothes. You know, the films where they know they're going to sell it out. They know they can sell it out because the interest is there. They can sell it out at an, an exorbitant price because it also has this... Well, I think we're talking about what's next beyond the the premium pricing of IMAX and premium pricing of 3D, right? I think there's still going to be theaters, you know, drive-in, drive-in movie theaters on the low end, right? Uh, But on the high end, you know, reserve seating, better lighting, better screen, and then maybe on the high, high end, um, live performance. I don't know. This is getting into the dystopian future that we're barreling towards where the class system gets... Right, and that's that's something. Like the film, film as a medium. This sounds is... like something for rich people, is what I'm saying. <laughs> and they're going to be fewer and fewer, even just middling people. Yeah, the film has been very democratic, not only in the, the, the now in the production of it, but in the consumption of it. What you saw, what the the richest person got to see on the screen was just exactly the same as mm-hmm. what anyone who paid you know five dollars got to see on the screen gets to see on the screen. So yeah, I, I have no idea how this is going to shake out. It's interesting to think about. Uh, but there are forces already at work, um, and you see it in your own home that mean that something's going to change. Do you see it in your home yet, Norm? I absolutely do see it in my home. We're going to talk about that real soon. <laughs> what a wasted segue, because one tangent I want to talk about with Netflix and Bright is Will Smith. Will Smith's. Yeah. Do you see all this? Of, all of them. Well, all but one. All, all, <laughs> all but maybe the most important one in our <laughs> lives. Uh, several several weeks ago, maybe like a couple months ago now, uh, actor Will Smith put a call out on Twitter, on social media via Netflix to promote the movie Bright. He was going to recruit the help of other Will Smiths in the world, and we know Will Smith. We we know we know Will Smith the third. Um, he uh, this was his moment at Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. At Will Smith's moment to participate. And I, he did not participate for one reason or another. I think uh, maybe he'd want to sign his life away <laughs> to a studio. Ostensibly, Will Smith, the actor, hired all the Will Smiths around the world. Hired as a... It, it, partnered it, with. Yeah. <laughs> one, in, one in every country. Right. And then they... Because he didn't want to do a, a worldwide tour for the, his recent film. And so all of the other Will Smiths did press for him. Mm-hmm. What a novel idea. Well, it's, it's a pretty funny gimmick. Our Will Smith... 
lives in the U.S., just like actor Will Smith. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's What about why. the Bay Area representation? Right. <laughs> or, or Pacifica. Just, yeah. just Pacifica. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, unfortunately, Will, that we know, did not participate. Yeah. They brought a Will Smith who uh, had a, a, married to a Jada, a Jada Smith, uh, onto, Hilarious. was it Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah, uh, I believe, um, and I, they might be doing more with with this this marketing plan, all to promote that movie Bright. So the movie better be good. <laughs> all right. Uh, l- um, before we get to tech, do you want to talk about this Hamilton thing? I don't know. We all we all like Hamilton, right? Yes. More than Star Wars Episode Eight. Yes. Yes. The answer right. is the right. answer. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Why well, didn't um, think about that? <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're trolling me there. Well, <laughs> they they had the um, the Hamilton mixtape. They re- more recently had the Hamilton instrumental album mm-hmm. so you can rap along yourself what? which is like actually what my son prefers to listen to in the car and he's an amazing hamilton performer uh that's gonna go viral in no time but this new thing hamilton um lin-manuel said that he was going to release a second mixtape volume two you know um, mm-hmm. but he said i can't do it it's the first one was too good we can't live up to that but i will give you a new song every month for 2018 one mm-hmm. at a time He's calling them Hamel drops. A new song. A new song. Like a theme, but it's it's not it. It's, it's not, not Hamilton. It's not strictly Hamilton. I think they're all going to be done in the style of Hamilton, all historically. Oh, you know something. Oh, anthology. Re- historically relevant. I don't wow. know. I have to say, to give an unpopular opinion, yeah. I'm not huge on expanded content. On what? Expanded content. Ah, uh, well, this isn't. It's called Hamel drops. I mean, what if you? <laughs> Yes, it's called okay. Hamel Drops. <laughs> did you did you see this uh, past season of Curb Your Enthusiasm? No. Do you watch that show? Do you have any enjoyment? I love of, that show. You, you love that show. Watch the current oh, season. Oh, Jeremy. Yeah. The new season of Cur- Curb Your Enthusiasm. I don't know if I should spoil this. For, I will spoil this so you'll watch it. Is there a Hamilton Diane? Uh, Lin Manuel. Yeah. Is a reoccurring character. No kidding. He has an arc. He has a story arc. A serious story arc. And playing himself, I assume. Playing yes. him, a version of himself, which That's is funny. hilarious. But there is musical in it. No kidding. There are original songs. With rapping? Yes. Oh, my goodness. And, and oh, performances. Yes. <laughs> so uh, right. I would say you, maybe maybe uh, the Hamill drop has already happened. Yeah. It's everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, I will have to watch that and get back to you. Now can I play the tech theme? Let's do it. I'll unmute first. Oh boy, it is here. It has arrived. I'm never going to go to the movie theater again. I won't feel like I won't have to because we have our new television there's one story in our show notes that's in bold face and this is it <laughs> it says tv 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 <laughs> the great tv quest of 2017 is concluded uh arrived yesterday danica received it at the house it, w- it is the lg uh, b7 seven standing for the 2017 model the b series which is uh one below the c series uh, same display um and this is basically the same TV Gary got. 65-inch TV, OLED, HDR, Dolby Vision, 4K. Now, wow. Uh, I mean, just a few years ago, the yep. idea of getting OLED was novel. But you, no way you were getting 4K. No way you getting 4K. And, and, now, and now 4K, 4K HDR. Yeah. I mean, that's so, awesome. At its best, 
I would say the the let's say the like the Best Buy experience, right? Like the demo experience of putting Planet Earth two, your eyeballs are being massaged. Like it looks amazing. Now now objectively, maybe it's too hard right mm-hmm. now because it's <laughs> so yeah. new. It's glowing and so so shiny and new. But but if you were sitting on the couch, yep. do you think you could tell the difference between four K and and uh, you know ten eighty P? Yes. No problem. One one hundred percent. I'm not talking about streaming stuff, just just in Blu ray. I mean I'm not shocked just talking about Blu ray, I talk about streaming also. Like streaming four like K content. Four K streaming over iTunes or four yeah. K streaming over Netflix looks noticeably different. Do you find it, it lends upscaled it, 1080? Do you find it lends itself more to distances, like things that, that are off in the distance? Or no, things up front. The whole everything up front, like the pilling on the clothes of a shirt, hair, hair, hair is hair so is noticeable, hmm. and you can do A/B tests really easily because there's a lot of just HD content that's not 4K, like all the Disney stuff, all the Star Wars films on Netflix are just HD, and you go from that to a TV show shot in 4K. To a movie that's 4K, big difference. And then when you go to the next step, and that's something that's HDR, even a bigger difference. Um, I will say though, the setup, the the state of the 4K HDR ecosystem is a giant mess, a giant giant mess. I know that that Netflix <clears throat> supports it with the new Apple TV. I think. But they certainly support it like natively in TVs. I assume that that you have that. Yeah. So uh, just basically, even just where, not not only where the content is and what content is available, because there is content available, but the whole setup process. What right. Do you mean setup process. Like you're not just buying a TV these days. You got to buy a TV if you have a speaker system in your house. You got to buy a receiver. The receiver has to support 4K. Oh well, that receiver has to support not 4K everyone HDR. Uses, not everyone uses their receiver as a HDMI switch. Right, most people actually TVs right now. I'm actually resorting back to using just the TV as a HDMI switch. Yeah. The four ports on the TV because the problem is receivers. They may say, like even if you go get the wire cutter recommended one. They may say this is 4K HDR ready. Mm. Doesn't mean that all the ports are 4K HDR. Like it gets to a point where the output. You know how a receiver is one output that goes to your TV. The HDMI ports that are closest to that port are the ones that are going to get the best quality. The ones that are physically further away from the port, you get bad quality. Um, okay. The cables, you need HDMI 2.0 cables. If you want, like, if you were a, a layman and you were setting up a 4K HDR TV, if I gave, if you were given, gifted a 4K HDR TV, not even OLED, let's yeah. just say LED, yeah. um, LCD, 4K HDR deciphering through the systems to get your content to get that blu-ray you have working is a giant mess let's say you want to play a hdr a 4k hdr blu-ray what's your player let's say xbox one right you plug in your xbox your xbox <laughs> one x right. you plug that in it's not on by default your tv has to enable hdr by default your xbox has to enable it manually has it yet you have to go in through settings to enable it you have to make sure you have the right cable that goes from the player to the receiver Back to the TV, um, and then there's a difference between HDR10 and, and Dolby Vision, and there are actually two options. If you if you have Apple TV plugged into your uh, your 4K HDR TV, yeah, it's not you don't have the necessarily the best quality enabled. Oh my God, you may have HDR and it may pop up in the right hand corner of the screen saying HDR is enabled, but you might not be Dolby Vision, and you have to <laughs> manually set that um, to 422 uh, encoding. As opposed to four two zero. I thought this was all supposed to get simpler. No, it was extremely yeah, I, complicated. If not for if not for Norm, I don't, it might be like the most stereotypical part of our marriage. Yeah, 
I would not do this. I would not. I would I would give up. I don't have the patience for it. I don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. The sad thing is I think there are a lot of people out there who have bought and have paid money for the what's on the box, right? 4K, UHD, HDR, and probably are not even watching the content. And that, some of those people might even just have 1080p content coming in because their Apple TV is set for only 1080 or their Xbox is only set up for 1080. You know, there's a direct parallel. <laughs> just like if I had to kill anything I was going to eat, I would not eat anything I'd have to kill. <laughs> if, <laughs> with technology, yeah. if I had to set it all up myself and pursue it in such a way, I would just be okay with not having it. It's, it's pretty amazing. Oh, I, I think I go with the Zuckerberg route where... I want to set it up because then I enjoy it even more. <laughs> yeah, there's something to be said for that. Um, but it looks great. <laughs> it does look great. <laughs> it looks great. Once it's set up properly. It's beautiful. Um, I mean, I, I think that it's, yeah, things were supposed to get simpler was my point, And things are not simple at all um, because of where all the inputs and all the things are coming from. This is why I think people want, you know, Apple to make a TV because it would all just be in one box. Well, no, it wouldn't. Like, if you have an Apple TV, <clears throat> then you connect it to your TV over an HDMI cable, and that's pretty dead simple. If you... Then you're, then you're getting streaming only. Yeah, yeah, but that's what an Apple TV would do. Hmm. An Apple TV is not going to have an Xbox built into it. You're still going to have to go through your receiver for that yeah. and your cable yep. box if you have that. Yep. You still and, do input switching. Yeah. yeah. And at some point, it's all content, streaming content. So. Now, we ca- have kind of embraced that in our house. Like, we just use Apple TV. Like, that's wow. it. We do have a Blu-ray player, but I, I, we just don't watch physical media anymore. It's all Apple TV. Um, we do have, we have a PlayStation, but, like, it all just goes straight into the TV. You're not using the most out of your 4K HDR TV. Shade. Why, why not? You're not getting the best. You don't want, does it not bother you? Shame. That you're, like, it's like building a gaming PC and not turning anti-aliasing on. Tech shame. And, 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 and not turning your, you know, and, and, uh, your, 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 you know, um, your te- texture. What are you even talking tech- about? Why it's not? Like, it's like buying the best gaming PC and not getting your best frame rates. What, what are you talking about? I have the <laughs> Apple TV going into my 4K TV. <laughs> They're both 4K. It's using the right cable. There is a noticeable difference between streaming 4K UHD, HDR. Oh, you're saying if I'm not and, doing and, physical and media. And not doing physical media. Oh, yeah. No, that's true. No, no, I'm, I'm past that. I used to care more, and I just don't. <laughs> I, I think that those screenshots that compare different consoles yeah. are laughable. I think they are hysterical. Like, if you're... The nitpicks. Yeah, the nitpicks. It's like you have to be crazy if you care about that, that level of fidelity. And maybe you're crazy. The scales on creatures. Do At look some point, really if you're good. spending like two thousand dollars on a TV, everything yeah. becomes an accessory to the TV, and everything comes in in fulfilling its potential. Right. Yeah. No, I get you. The, no, the ABS forum is yeah. full of people like that. Oh, I love I, it. I love that that they exist. People like you, <laughs> your people. <laughs> uh, we'll, there'll be more reporting on 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 the TV experience. But if you have a 4K UHD TV, I'd love to hear about your experiences and what's the best content that you think is out there on on 4K HDR disc. Um, uh, you know, people have said uh, Fifth Element is fantastic, and I have that. Planet Earth, I think, is definitely like the system seller. The new one is it in 4K? Planet Earth 4K, 4K UHD, the, the new Planet Earth. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish you got to come over and see just that. Okay, that is a that is the. I think the first Planet Earth was. On, I got it in HD DVD. Was the 1080p seller? Yeah, <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah. Planet Earth Two is the 4K HDR seller. Okay, because it, it is mind blowing, and the content's great. The mm-hmm. story's there. David Attenborough's dulcet tones. The you know eyeballs massage. You know, <laughs> it, 
Mastering aside, I can't believe they found as many interesting things to make a whole nother documentary about. It's a big world out there. It's a big <laughs> it's world. A big world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, um, if you are looking for a set-top box and uh, you are uh, – Apple, Amazon actually sells Apple TV now. It's sold out. And vice versa. And, and, and vice versa. There is Amazon, now the Amazon yep. app on uh, – it's not great. Amazon Prime Video app on Apple TV and iOS. Um, if you have a Fire TV, yep. you may notice that you don't have U- YouTube on there because Amazon and Google have been in a spat. Oh yeah, they're not right. Friends. They're not they're not friends right now, uh, and Google's pulled all of its YouTube content off of Fire TV devices. But there is still a way for you to watch YouTube, and that's if you download Firefox for Fire TV, and you can just use the Firefox browser to browse into YouTube and view it. I mean, you can always just watch, it's like stream it from your phone, right? Like you just cast it, it. cast it. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. um, this is an interesting story. Uh, something that I think all of us notice in updating. I think your last phone before you got the 10, iPhone 10 was the 6S, right? Correct. And when you updated to iOS 11, 11 uh, you noticed significant slowdowns. On my 6S? On your 6S. Yeah, terrible. It was really bad. It, but I got a, a caveat. Um, when I restored the phone to the system restore, it actually fixed a lot of that. Oh, but I lost six months of text messages because I didn't ha- I wasn't properly backed up. Whatever. It's uh yeah. So I don't know what's going on. It. I know that there's a story about battery life. Yeah. The strength of your battery may actually affect your system performance, not just longevity, but actual performance. The strength of your battery. Is that is that what you're? No, no. It's the speed of your processor. I thought that this was the the battery problem. No. So w- I mean, there was a there was a battery problem. Uh, phone shutting down. I think mm-hmm. Apple had issued a patch to prevent phones from. I think right. some of us, you, Danica, you had experience where the yeah. phone would just turn off. You know, when you were using it, and that was that's no good. No. Right. But <laughs> Apple has come out and said they've confirmed, right, that with the new iOS 11, they intentionally throttled down CPU performance on the old phones, and they say, Oh, I see. Okay. Because uh, it's the better to, to less tax your it's, it's right to less be less taxing on older batteries. They are compensating for the fact that they think that the battery on your success is already two right. years old and it can't sustain that 14, uh, 1400 megahertz performance on your CPU uh, on the SOC. So it slowed that down so that you're going to get the same battery life that you expected, right. even though everything's going to be clunkier and slower. And, and typically for Apple, they know best. They're not giving you a little toggle switch in your settings to do this yourself. Yep. 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 They are doing it. I don't know. It sounds like a ploy to get people to throw their phones against a wall to have to get new phones. Right. It's not even like it, it, it's it's plan obsolescence. You yeah. know, even even Apple's own they admit that they're not designing these batteries to perform at peak performance for two years. That the state of oh, sorry the state of batteries means that you're only get, not only are you gonna get worse battery life you're gonna get worse performance in two years to a point where you're gonna throw your phone against the wall and have to upgrade to a new phone. That's no good. I just feel like we should be past that. Yeah. I, should, I can understand the first few generations of phones, but we've had so many now. They they should be like computers. They should just work. The new operating systems shouldn't be so much more taxing. It's also such a shitty move to antagonize people purposefully. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, that's there's that absolutely shitty move. Yeah, and people are wasteful with their phones. Uh, there is a report right now from the United Nations International Telecommunications Union that says that in 2016, 45 million tons of electronics were thrown out. Is that crazy? 45 million tons of old electronics were thrown out. I don't know what that and means. And only a fifth of that was recycled. 
All right. Uh, to put it in the context, put in the context, every year, a million tons of chargers are are thrown away. Okay. Just the chargers, the charge, the, the wall warts. Yeah. Um, those small things that weigh an ounce. I have no concept of what that actually. A million looks tons like. of that are disposed of. That's how wasteful this electronic cycle of consumerism. Yep. Okay. But like how many tons of like <clears throat> milk cartons were recycled or not recycled? By the way, milk cartons now yeah. get recycled. They used to go in the compost in San Francisco. Now they're recycled. Why Why? Why would that be? Because of the, the wax. Like Yeah. And they've improved something. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just, I don't know. When you get to these big numbers, I don't know how they compare to mm-hmm. everything else. It just seems extremely, extremely wasteful. That nothing's durable? Well, that's true. No, absolutely. It's not easy to recycle electronics. They don't make it as easy as everything else. And, and we have it, like, we're very recycle conscious in, here in the Bay Area. You, It's a law. You have to compost, recycle, and, you know, landfill. Those are three separate containers. Most places in the country don't. Well, I'm don't saying do as, as a business practice, but right? I, I wish that e-waste was as easy. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about chargers alone, right? With every phone, the expectation is that you get a charger, you get a wall work with your phone. Yeah. Is that a reasonable expectation anymore? Oh, you think like we should assume you have one? Yeah, or or create a standard where the, this charger could last five years or ten years. You know, USB. This new USB standard that everyone's going to be using for your for your USB charger is going to last ten years. You buy it once, maybe it's a separate SKU from the phone. The phone is fifty yeah. cents cheaper, whatever it costs to make. Right, and you don't need to have a new charger in the box. I think they're so cheap to make that they just get thrown in. That's the wasteful part. Well, I yeah, I hear you, but it would be a the people who make the things, they want to ensure that everyone has the capability of using yeah. it. So that it costs them nothing. They include it just to get 100% coverage. That's... Maybe there should be an option to not include it, but I don't see it not being in the box by default. Oh. Yeah. I mean... well, the better option with the expectation that you know most people, at least in the United States, have phones these days, or there is an excess of chargers, let's say. Mm-hmm. right? Wouldn't it make more sense for the default for it to not be in the box? And if you needed one, you click a box, and then they... They have a stash and they give you one. I think you're talking about upcharges or, I mean. Well, as a free thing, as a free, just just as. Why like, wouldn't you want to get the free thing if it's free? Oh, that's that's wasteful. No, we're in a spiral, a that's disaster a spiral environmentally. I don't know if you paid any attention, but yeah, we're basically screwed and we're not going to deal with it until it's too late. Well, thank goodness YouTube's here to save the day and make everything oh. better because Thanks, on YouTube. YouTube right now, you can watch <laughs> video, vertical video without black bars fill your full <gasps> screen you can you can capture your hq hq trivia and put it on youtube what does that mean so right now if you go to youtube you watch a vertical video it will play only in landscape it will not play in portrait uh you mean on my phone on your phone yes w- okay i see so now i can play and it will fill my it, it was will fill as if phone. i was shooting the video as if you were shooting the video and on the computers it just looks the same just, yeah yeah huh. within the frame of the web browser huh yeah that's about time. It's higher res, right? I mean, it, it should look better. Well, if you upload the video, uh, it should. Look, you're right. It should look better because it should render it at, you know, whatever the resolution, the long, the long mm-hmm. width is the, the height of the, the film. No, that's good, right? Because previously, if you uploaded a vertical video, it would still max out at 1080p. Yeah. Uh, high right. height, right? You get the black bars yeah. that they they add in. Yeah. All right. It's you know vertical video. I I, Does I that know mean, we all knocked it early. Oh, no, we should continue to knock it. You think so? Oh yeah. 
No, that's still not acceptable. You want to play your HQ trivia landscape? You don't want to like require a phone to watch a video. I'm not saying require, but I'm saying embrace the format and where people, people are watching watching the content. I'm not saying get rid of landscape. You no like, one's saying get rid of landscape. You like episode eight and you're in favor of vertical video? <laughs> I'm in favor of making the, the making the devices play the content the way people are filming it and the way people are consuming it. If you're holding yeah. your phone vertically. Yeah, but you can hold a phone horizontally. That's the problem. Not, ergon- not as ergonomic. But you can. You can do that. You can. You can't do that with so your I, computer. So I'm asking, would you, would you want HQ trivia to be landscape? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I actually, I like no. the fact that it's a, it's a portrait. <laughs> weird logic no hq trivia is a live <laughs> game you play only but on your phone but it's video fine but it's like made for the phone it's like do you want your app to- and there you go it's made for the phone right and a lot of video these days are made with phones right for phones yeah but not and you know youtube's a platform that's not made for phones i'm not saying get rid of landscape no one's saying get rid of landscape i'm saying still mm. to not shun the fact that video is shot this way and consume more importantly consume that way and so as as a, me- a video as a medium to fit the frame that it's going to be consumed. So you're already thinking about the next TV we get that has no. this. No, no, no. <laughs> For a living room, landscape landscape's the way to go. It swivels. I'm not holding the phone in my hand in portrait orientation. Ergonomically, the only re- way the reason vertical makes sense is when I'm holding the tablet or the phone in a in a portrait orientation. All right, let's start producing all tested videos vertically. Oh my. You know, on, on Facebook, it makes a lot of sense to do vertical video on Facebook because that's what the feed, the feed is vertical. Mm-hmm. And you're actually getting a lot more video real estate when the video is is vertical than when it's 16 by 9. What? A 4 by 3 or a 1 by 1 video. Instagram Instagram's the kind of the happy medium right now, 1 by 1 video, <laughs> yeah. right? But if you're talking about phones are still ver- mostly used as vertical rectangles, that's how they're going to consume your Facebook feed. Yeah. That's how you're going to consume your Instagram feed. So wh- and if photos, if you're, if you're looking at a photo on, on your Facebook feed, it looks better when it's, it fills the screen up more. It's easier to use when it's vertical and there are landscape photos. Only if you're great. browsing on your phone. And that's how a lot of people are browsing All the content. Yeah. That's true. They're browsing. That's what I'm saying. On Facebook, yeah. vertical video but makes a lot of everybody. sense. not everybody. Not everybody, but whole freaking lot of whole people mobile first billion but, yeah. billion people two billion yeah, people. enough to, though to make it standard not i'm not saying standard so i'm just saying it's always going to be a there's a difference between embracing embracing a... the format and making it the standard <laughs> are two different things i'm just saying let the technology work with how people are using it go where the puck is going to go go where people are already drawing the puck toward them people are shooting vertically by accident no, they're. I don't think it's by accident <laughs> at all. They're doing it because they don't know any better. Yeah. No, it's no. because it does, that is how it holds it in their hand better, and so they're just doing it. Yeah, it's not. Be, there you it's go. Because they're holding it in their hand more comfortably that way, and if they're holding it more comfortably that way, why not? Why resist that? This is idiocracy. Because going wider is better than going taller for almost everything. Like getting more. Not not if you're shooting a, a video of a person talking. Mm. If I'm shooting a video of just you talking, one person talking, FaceTime. If everything's too close, do you, do you use FaceTime in in landscape or in uh, in in portrait, dude? What do you, I don't like to use. You FaceTime can't. You got to stop like comparing technologies that only exist on the phone with platforms that are multi-platforms. At some point, the video yeah it doesn't only exist in the form, but the vast majority of people are using it on that platform. Well. Um, I do appreciate that, like photography, mm-hmm. you can sometimes frame better vertically. Yep, I mm-hmm. do appreciate that. Yep. However, it just—it—I still think it's an accident. We're, we're gonna. We're, I, I'm. I'm. 
I'm going to make a decision, an executive decision. Oh, boy. To shoot at least one <gasps> type of content next year in vertical video and testing. I cannot wait to read the comments. 2017. 2018. The, the decision's being made. I think it's a worthwhile experiment to make. All right. Did I'm, I'm like, getting on the phone Joey after this podcast. Or like, and we're going to yeah. do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm so curious. I think it's worth testing. Oh, Joey, you're our only hope. Talk him out of it. Don't be so resistant to change. <laughs> and speaking of change, you know, how about this the change that we can all agree on? We want faster wireless mobile internet connectivity. Yeah. And we have 4G, we're 4G LTE, 5G, the logical next step is on the horizon and it's getting even closer because we have the first 5G spec approved for carriers. And so hardware manufacturers, chipset makers can now start making 5G radios to put in your phones. 5G NR, what you know what NR stands for? No. Not really. Noise reduction? Not really. There you go. That's that's good. (laughs) Noise reduction. Yeah, there you go. New radio. 5G new radio. Um, The specs will uh, support low frequency, 600-700 megahertz to mid-range and high frequency, 50 gigahertz systems. That sound familiar? Jeremy, you might get some high bandwidth uh, HDMI wireless transfer. The current 50 gigahertz stuff is so... um, uh, narrow, like yeah. in terms of the radius, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You can't be too far away. You can't or and be, can't block it. You can't be behind walls. Yep, yep. Is this somehow magically fast and long distance? No, I'd say it's it's it supports. It just because it supports it doesn't mean that's going to be the standard. So but I think it's, mostly it's, in the mid range. But the cell service you expect to hit be a tower to living room, right? There's, so maybe like the five G that maybe that's just for tower to tower. Right. Oh, okay. So it maybe I don't know how they're going to use the 50 gigahertz spectrum, but it'll have like 3.5 gigahertz for most regular use. It'll have the low frequency stuff for um, for the, the the low impact data, um, but uh, the carriers, the chipset makers, um, are going to start. Um, they're going to start replacing. You know, next up, replacing 4G LTE. So uh, okay. that, that will be very interesting, um, and maybe the fees will go up. You know, speaking of fees going up, do you know that Comcast and Dish and Verizon, all the all your cable fees are going up next year? Uh, Comcast. Have you, have you cut I, the cable? I don't have any of those. You cut, oh, you cut cable. Yeah, I told you. You're done. Netflix only. I mean, nice. Apple TV. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, YouTube TV is, is worthwhile if you're uh, if you're interested. For in, the live stuff, we yeah. do we do get the over the air. We put an antenna on our right, roof and we right. get the sweet HD. Right. Next the air. year, it's going to look really good for cord cutting, not only because of the wealth of options we have for video on demand and these in- streaming services, uh, and even live streaming services, but because cable is getting more expensive. Um, and, although we are living in a world where net neutrality is going to be a bigger issue. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. The lack of net neutrality that honestly could be cable's comeback. I am happy to cut that cord. If we didn't, if if people in in our household did not need to watch HGTV, cut that cord. You can get HD, as I said, over the air. A- HGTV. Oh, sorry, HGTV. <laughs> not HDTV. <laughs> HGTV. Oh, okay. Yeah, need, need need to cut that cord. I don't know if you cut it. Yeah, I mean, Danica. I don't know. It's an interesting thing. The net neutrality thing might affect any kind of TV. You know, if it's it's all moving to the internet. No, again, anyway. we're all screwed. It's a spiral. Oh, I'm sorry. Everything is a spiral <laughs> of doom. <laughs> I'm just trying to find the best way out of this doom. <laughs> um, do you think Apple will ever go back to Touch ID, or do you think Face ID is the way of the future? They backpedaled before. You think this big of a backpedal? Possibly. Really? I mean, 
I th- I don't understand the fanboys about Face ID. I hate it. For the record, I I hate it. I hate ID. it so much. I hate it so much because uh, I oftentimes need to navigate his phone. Yeah. And I can't with any great ease because of Face ID. Yeah. It's it's obnoxious. Like it, they, would that would that concept be solved if Face ID uh, as an implementation enabled multi-user? That would be better, but why can can they not do it in tandem where you can still store thumbprints but also No, they want one or the other. Well, they, I want both because your phone's obnoxious. They're not going to give you both, but um, one of the questions of whether Face ID, one of the reasons Face ID was such a mandate, if you hear about um, interviews with, with Apple executives, is because they wanted that full screen on the iPhone 10, right? Yeah. And there was no way, they, and they didn't want to put a f- fingerprint sensor on the back of the phone. So if they were the backpedal, they would either have to put a fingerprint sensor on the, a touch ID sensor on the back of the phone or find a way to put a fingerprint sensor underneath the screen of the phone and have it still work. Mm. And that is a technology that is apparently becoming very real. Uh, there is on a Synaptics, the, um, the touchpad maker, has an in-display fingerprint reader with an image sensor that's super thin and that reads through an OLED display. Now, Vivo, Vivo uh, is a phone maker uh, that will have the first phone using this fingerprint sensor and under the screen, seamlessly under the screen technology. And they're actually, I think they're a parent company of um, uh, OnePlus. And so the OnePlus phones may also get this in the near future, the Oppo phones as well. Uh, They share the same parent company. Um, But this could be a big differentiating factor. If Face ID does not get better, and I assume, I hope it'll get better, faster, more reliable, maybe more versatile. Uh, But if the users really rebel against it, against Face ID and really embrace Touch ID, um, Android may have a leg up with these full screen phones that have fingerprint sensors underneath the screen. And a headphone jack. And that, that's not coming I, back. You see, I, I, was, I replaced uh, our garbage disposal the other day because I'm, I'm really into home maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really proud of myself for doing this because I'm not as into home maintenance as I should be. But um, Doing this w- using my phone as the manual mm-hmm. became a chore because I had to put the phone on the floor as I was working and I needed to keep it on. And now obviously I could have gone into the settings and said, please stay on, don't turn off for X amount of minutes. But it kept shutting down because the uh, iPhone X does that quickly. So it doesn't get burn in because the screen's sensitive. Yeah. So I kept having to turn it on, but I couldn't just tap it, you know? I just wanted to put my finger on the thing and have it turn back on and it wouldn't do uh, Every time I grab had to it. Like, lift it up yeah. and had, so it could see me. And I, a couple times, it's okay. But it became so annoying. That's yeah. the first time I've really been truly annoyed by Face ID. Normally, under normal conditions, it's it's fine for unlocking the phone. But uh, now and then, you give it to a kid or something like that, or as you said, like just someone else who should have access to it, it becomes a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. I stand. I think Apple will not go back on it. Yeah, they may have committed to it. I wouldn't be surprised if it's cheaper Face ID. What do you mean, cheaper? Than Touch ID. I don't know anything about the, the sensor technology versus the IR technology, what? but it just seems to me that IR seems cheaper. Well, uh, less prone to failure because the moving button of a, of the, you know, it's one of the reasons they got rid of the physical home yeah. button uh, was it was cheaper to repair and it would be less prone to breaking. Uh, but the, I, th- I think as we've talked about, Face ID, the underlying technology of IR sensing your face and depth mapping your face has uh, more legs in what I th- we think Apple wants to do in the future, right. which is depth map the world and scan the world. So if they're investing in a- more accurate, better Face ID, they're actually yeah. investing also in their AR technologies. And if that could well. be a wider field of view, 
it, yeah. you know, if the phone could see me while it was lying down, yep. I wouldn't have had that problem. So and, maybe that's just a matter of time. Right. And, and that's just math, right? If you're thinking about like in terms of the, the dots, the dot chart, the dot spread, if you look at IR video light of what that dot spread looks like, it's pretty wide. It's yeah. not like 180 degrees, but it's much bigger than like just 90 degrees, for example. But then the IR camera has its own lens, right? It's a wide field lens, and that needs to be wider. But they also... If your face is off axis, they need to compensate for that. So it needs to really map and be able to recognize with the dot projector yeah. off axis face recognition. And I don't know if they can do that. But again, with machine learning, and this is something that will hopefully get better over time, maybe they can. Off axis, phone flat on the table, not having it right in front of you, that's my next wish for face ID mm. to unlock. You wanted the front facing IR spread too. I mean the the uh, the world facing the world facing uh, world sorry yeah. exactly right world facing just for better uh, fake bokeh for um for depth mapping yeah. for uh, portrait De mode depth of field stuff yep 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 and I I really hope that comes next year um, speaking of augmented reality uh, we're not even saving for this for the VR minute but we have the our very first look this is this is it an exclusive to Rolling Stone magazine oh I didn't know that they got the exclusive yeah it is. Oh. Here we go. Uh -huh. Magic Leap. What the Magic Leap virtual reality goggle, aug sorry, augmented reality goggles will look like. What do you think? I think they look much better than I expected. Really? Yeah. It looked photoshopped on this person. Oh, well, I mean, look at VR headsets right now. Ugh. They're like big bricks on your face. They look horrible. No, There's not a single good-looking VR headset out there. The AR stuff has just been, how are you going to do good-looking AR? The stuff that we've seen so far hasn't been much better than VR headsets. They're just big old honking things on the front. This is the first step towards glasses. Now, they're not glasses. They're not, I, I need Danica to look at this. They're not Ray-Bans. Danica? Yes. Will you, be, will you accept me if I wear these? I Whoa. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Take, take a look at, yeah, look, at, look at Jeremy's screen. I don't have it up here yet. There it is. And, well. and uh, can't you pinch the zoom on that? Is there not like a there, good? You, you, their picture was, it's in the video. Th this? There you go. Yeah, that's that's the best picture right there. Look on Jeremy's screen. They look like early Cyclops glasses. If I wore that on a regular basis. <laughs> no, dude, it's not a regular at, basis. At, at home, at home. Let's say at home. First of all, like you're going to freak Ripley out. <laughs> Are you committing? You're going AR regular basis? I, I want to see what life is like. <laughs> Interfacing I, with the digital world. Yeah, no, I would not be into this at all. Oh my goodness! I know they needed to hide. They need to have cameras in there. If you need to have it, the if you need to test for a short amount of time, I could be down for that. That's funny. But you, you no, that's not the man I married. You can't wait. <laughs> you could at least see his eyes, Jordy LaForge. You couldn't even see his eyes. I I don't think they look that bad. I mean, the, the, given that all the technology has to be in there, I wasn't expecting something this small. Now, granted, there's a thing that you wear on your on your waist. Right, right. There's a there's a there's a oh oh oh, oh. yeah, Jeremy. It's time. It's time for HQ trivia. <laughs> you just right. got your, <laughs> your <laughs> twice day notification. Uh, there's a thing in the yeah. The, I think it's the left that there's a it looks like a, there's a USB plug, but there's a computing processor. A puck, a puck that you have to wear as well. And then there's a wand remote control, motion um, um, a motion tracker, motion that, tracked yeah. controller uh, with a touchpad. Um, I, I'm not excited about this design, and I think I, I'm excited about this technology. This is so weird. Why? Yeah, I'm 100% excited about the technology. I can't wait to use this. What did you want? Give it to now. Something a little sleeker. Like what? This is super sleek. This is totally contoured. 
It's uh, I mean, what do you want? Ray Bans? Like something like really thin and light? You can't fit the technology into that. I, I don't know if I wanted something more angular or something that went full embracing the goggles. I don't like like ski goggles. Yeah. Oh, uh. something crazy like that. Ready Player One. They look like ski kind goggles. Of looks like Ready. I don't know. I whatever. I'm excited that they finally have announced something. They and even, shown something. What they say early next year. Is is that what it said? Early. I don't know if early. But next year. Next year. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It. Uh, it. It's. It's a. It's. I don't think it's going to be vaporware. Um, if you watch the Rolling Stone video, okay. yeah, they actually have glimpses. I think this is probably the first time we've seen glimpses of the prototypes as well of the Magic Leap. And I think they had to show how clunky the prototypes were in order to make to get this you one excited about, about the sleekness, the, the sleek silver, contrast. silver mixed reality, augmented reality uh, glasses. Uh, there's also there's also some um, interesting tech, like insights into how they made this light fuel display. Right and how they got it so small. What was the, the breakthrough um, in 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 the light field? Uh, so yeah, they're, so they're calling the device Lightware, the computer light pack, mm-hmm. and it has a light field display. Um, let me see if I can I can dig up. Um, uh, basically, instead of needing to do a full light field display, they feel like there are certain aspects they could they could cheat it and it require much less processing, and they could actually then embed it into the the optical silicon. Um, will still remain to be seen. Yeah, big time. But I mean, I have not been impressed by any AR yet. It's also narrow. Like the, what people want, or what people, everyone who doesn't follow this stuff is going to expect, is that it just fills your vision. Mm-hmm. It's that it's edge to edge on this, you know, the lens of the glasses, and it probably isn't. And I don't know how opaque the images can be, but hopefully they're pretty good. Hopefully the tracking is going to be as good as it is on Hololens. But that also remains to be seen. Mm. <clears throat> um, but that's the kind of like people are going to expect perfection, unfortunately, because they don't have anything to compare AR to, besides maybe Jedi challenges. They have an internal price. Want to make any guesses? They're not. They're saying that pre-order and pricing will come together. And the only hint that their CEO said mm-hmm. was that they are more than a premium computing system. They are more of a premium. Get wait for it. Artisanal computer oh jesus what, what is a premium artisanal computer gonna cost us so is that like 4500 6, I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking i'm thinking two thousand dollars what is hololens hololens was a uh i want to say it was a thousand they the, remember hololens they specifically made it really expensive so that it would not be for consumers that would only right. be for, for businesses and it would not get con- panned in the consumer space okay because it was specifically was not aimed for that so mm-hmm. this is very much a consumer looks like a consumer designed for a consumer device, mm-hmm. but only people who can afford going to the movies in yeah. the future. Holland's <laughs> uh, was three thousand dollars, so you think this will be up there at three thousand? Yeah, I don't know. Wow. Early. It, what happens early next year is the company plans to open up a creator portal and deliver access to its software development kit, so anybody will be able to develop for it. I don't know if that means you get a. An actual SDK, like you can actually develop on the hardware, but hmm. uh, maybe they'll be going out as early as early next year to developers. Oh, and they they want to ship in twenty eighteen. So, do you want this? Yeah, yes. Do you, the you answer don't know is yes. That. You want to try it. You want to try, try it. Oh yeah, I, I want to try it. I don't know if I want to spend two thousand dollars to own it. And then 
your lifestyle would be to wear it all the time? Uh, in, in the testing, absolutely. <laughs> Shooting vertical video. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, the thing is, it really is like the unicorn of augmented reality because we it has been in development for so long and there's been so much money, billions of dollars poured into it by big name investors who reportedly have seen it and must invest in it. You know, but <clears throat> it, does it live up to that? I don't know. Well, I, I can't wait to try it just because of its reputation. And all the Pokemon you can catch everywhere. I, I'm, I'm, oh, you're just talking generally about why would you want AR? Just in, in general, I, I, this doesn't seem like an attractive... I don't like to have things on my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, may, yeah. maybe I've been burned by VR headsets that hurt and pull yeah. and et cetera. But I don't know. I don't... I, I, I Until they're Ray-Bans. Yeah. Wait till they're Ray-Bans. Uh, well, if you don't like things in your head, you're not going like, to like the last tech product we're going to talk about. Uh, these are f more goggles, but at a fraction of the price. Fat Shark, the maker of um, eyewear for uh, for FPV drone flying. These are um, displays, um, goggles that have displays in them that can connect to HDMI feeds and right. connect to analog signals, video signals. Not like a VR surrounding image, more no. like a TV in front of you. E exactly. Uh, with n no head tracking, now they have a all-in-one system called the Fat Shark 101. If you want to get into uh, FPV drone flying, this includes drone, includes the transmitter, the TX, and includes a pair of goggles for two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, it looks um, like a shark. Yeah, tested zone. Uh, t um, Terry uh, Terry Dunn has an early sample of this, and he wrote up his experiences on the site. He likes them. Uh, they're not super powerful, but if you want to learn and and you want to fly some FPV quads, uh, this might be an easy all-in-one package to get in. And uh, after he's done with it, he's going to send it over to our office so we can test oh, it fun. out as well. I want to try that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Can't wait to try it. I think that does it for technology news. Before we move on to our next segment, I also want to thank the other sponsor of this week's episode, and that is Cyber Systems. Uh, how many of you still use the same password for everything? Reusing passwords is the easiest way to have your data and identity stolen, and letting browsers auto-save your login just isn't secure enough in this day and age. Thankfully, there is a more secure and convenient solution. Use RoboForm from CyberSystem to store and generate strong, unique passwords right in your browser or mobile device. Now, all you need to remember is one RoboForm master password. It's really that easy. With RoboForm, you have the right password with just a click away on a secure online vault, and it'll even fill out long checkout forms. Their password manager is available for individuals, families, and businesses, and supports all major desktop and mobile platforms. Just go to roboform.com and download today or you can check the app out uh, in iOS or Android. And for a limited time only, you get $10 off RoboForm Everywhere subscription when you use the promo code TEST, T-E-S-T. Simplify and secure your online journey today with RoboForm Password Manager. <laughs> The VR Minute, virtual reality this week. 
All right, a bunch of stuff happening in VR. That's N- true. Yeah, including the Magic Leap. Including the Magic. Oh, it's AR. I know. Oh, uh, this mix- is the VR minute. This is the VR okay, minute. Fine. Well, we can sometimes talk about AR in there. Uh, announcement from um, our friends at Big Screen VR this week. Big Screen is a uh, an app, a free app that lets you uh, mirror your desktop um, in a virtual space and also hang out with friends in virtual spaces and, and watch movies and watch movies or YouTube videos together in a variety of campfire environments in virtual living rooms or movie theaters um and this week they announced they have partnered with a movie studio to do a movie uh showing in vr this is i think is is super interesting i don't know if it's gonna like latch on and be a thing that people do but just the concept of it i think is interesting so what's gonna happen don't you think it will latch on don't you think this will be a thing i hope so all right i hope so so they have a new feature in big screen that lets like dozens of people be together in the same room. Right. Previously, okay. big screen was limited to four people. And that was because it was a P2P yeah. service where you have, uh, I would be the host and I would, my upstream data would let you connect to me and I get to stream my YouTube or whatever on my web browser or right. you get to stream your, stream your web browser. Now they're doing a server to uh, client side. And so you can have dozens of people in a large movie theater mm. and they've even built out a virtual lobby where people can gather and chat beforehand and you literally see down the hall of the virtual lobby you see uh, the showing time at this time it's not on demand yeah it's like at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. on December 29th they're gonna be playing Top Gun in VR in 3d Top Gun 3d Top Gun 3d which I never saw and you, you follow the leader, you all pile in, you watch a couple of trailers yeah. from Paramount Films, <laughs> and for free, at least for, the, for this showing, they're doing two showings on the 29th and the 30th, you'll get you and dozens of other people in this room will get to watch Top Gun together. Dozens. Dozens. And then they can do hundreds of instances of these rooms. So their goal is to get right. thousands of people um, watching at this time and afterward they can jump back in the lobby and, and chat and, and talk about the movie and can you sync up with friends do you think and get into the same theater uh, yes I think they're gonna they're gonna allow you to group up yeah. and then you would sit next to each other nice you sit next to each other and so a lot of the questions I had was like how do you what happens with like trolling right yeah like if you get 40 people in a virtual environment someone's gonna want it someone can like screw with their lighthouse sensors or their, to make them look like they're flying right in front of the screen or something, right? Yeah. Um, everyone's has a troll box around them. Like if you move outside your your uh, your little cage, yeah, you disappear outside what? the seat of your cage. <laughs> so you can't harass. You can't harass other moviegoers. You can't. I can't get right in your face. I can't block oh. your vision because <clears throat> gotcha. you only appear within yeah. this I see. this cube where your seat is. Okay. And audio wise, you only can uh, interact, whisper, like low volume with people who are directly to your left or your right. So anything I say is reduced to a whisper? Reduced to a whisper. What? To your left and your right. That's weird. Yeah. I just want, I mean, I should whisper. You should. Well, they can't promise that because (laughs) some people might be loud. But that's true of any, you can't just make the real real world go away entirely. Right, right. And and, and I don't know if they have the ability to say, I don't want to, I want to move my seat or I want to tell this person next to me to uh, mute them and make them disappear. But they want to encourage some type of social, what does it mean to get dozens of people uh, in one room and then across multiple hundreds of rooms, you know, thousands of people to have uh, a scheduled event of watching a movie? I, I love this idea. I, I love this idea. First of all, I hate going to the movie theater. And we, we talked about the movie right. theaters are dying. Be, and, uh, well, that's true. But 
I wonder if I'll like this as much as I think I will. I don't know because well, I, I don't like distractions in films. But the other question is how, how do people have their VR setups? Right now I have a standing desk yeah. and I'm wearing my headset standing up and I'm not comfortable standing up for two hours just mm-hmm. folding my arms watching Top Gun in 3D. I would want to do it on the couch. And they don't have it as of right now for like Oculus Go is not out yet. This would be perfect. Oh, just where are you sitting? Yeah. Mm Because in in the game, you are latched to a seat. You are are locked down. So you want to pull up a chair and sit down. It's Mm -hmm. not a game where you can walk around in game. But let's say you pull up your your office chair. As ergonomic and comfortable as your office chair is, it's not as comfortable as like a reclining seat in a theater. Yeah. So when this is mobile, you know, when Oculus Go comes out. Perfect for Oculus Go. Right. And then you can put this on in your living room couch or your recliner chair. And put it on, and then join a movie experience. That I think would be more comfortable than you know for two hours potentially. Uh, in terms of the content, Top Gun I think is a smart way to go. Classic movie. You love that movie, right? It's fantastic. Um, this is Top Gun in 3D, and I got to demo it a little bit to, to watch it. Yeah, it looks really good. <laughs> yeah. Top Gun. I mean, like the pixel density is going to be as best as you're going to get in a today's VR headset and right. Rift Revive. Yeah, and you know it's not going to be as clear as a 1080p tv uh, in a 70 inch or projector right in your room or or it's not it's not 4k quality um but the 3d is so seamless it was one of the first 3d conversions Conversion. wasn't it yeah. yeah um it because you're already bought in to the depth of the virtual theater room yeah the 3d of the movie just is 3d it fills your full quote-unquote field of view yeah. Well, the problem with some 3D films, even in the best technology in theaters, is that you get a little bit of crossover. Like yeah. you get mm-hmm. a little bit of the left image in the in your yeah. right eye, even and, if it's faint. And you're reducing your field of view because you're wearing 3D glasses. Here, your reduced field of view is your world. Yeah. So right. you don't have glasses <laughs> on top of glasses. Yeah. You're just already. I I know this is my hundred degree FOV. That I'm wearing my headset in, and every, the movie just looks like it's popping out. So when is the showing? Uh, December 29th and uh, 30th. Okay. There are two showings, uh, and uh, I, I'm going to try it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds really interesting, like an experience to have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I uh, wonder, will they, like, can they handle the the, the, the rush? The bandwidth. Because there'll be, yeah, maybe a thousand people want to watch this. I don't know. At least, hopefully more. But I'm saying if it's just dozens per server, can right. they, you know. Oh, that's, I mean, AWS, you just scale up. Oh, I think okay. their their only that. limitation is how many people they want to put in a room together. Yeah, because even though I can't want people to hear you, the animations still need to to uh, be moved across. In addition to the film mm-hmm. being streamed, yeah, right. This is just like a side by side 1080p, I think, um, uh, version of the film. Um, Super cool. If it bodes well going forward, like, would people want to pay to watch films in VR? Showtimes. It's funny. I mean, like if you think about it, there's no reason everybody couldn't have the best seat in the house. But True. Does that break the fantasy? Yeah. Does that break the realism? Right. I mean, right. It, it, if you had a theater with only enough seats for everybody who's invited, <laughs> you get a bad mm. seat. I don't know. It's weird. I think they scaled up the virtual theater so like the forty or so seats yeah. are all centered, clustered. Okay. And they populate the bad oh, seats with NPCs. With, with NPCs. Oh, that's Which a good idea. makes sense. But yeah. I still I have to believe there's going to be value in going to a movie theater and having the shared experience. Of looking at a screen and yelling at people to shut up and to turn off their phones and yeah. well, there's not there's no substitute for that. People are already using this to do like to watch Twitch streams together, right? So why not make that an official thing? Eventize it, right? You know how BlizzCon people pay to stream BlizzCon tournament games at home during BlizzCon. 
if they partnered with a, a, big, a company like Big Screen and you paid the BlizzCon ticket, but you got to watch mm-hmm. it in VR in a virtual theater, your live event, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the Fathom Events thing, but done but done in VR where I don't have to leave the home. So do you think that because you don't have to leave the home and eventually catches on and replaces? I don't think it'll replace theater, but it's going to be, an, it might replace like being on a computer and and trying to watch Netflix together with someone across the country from you. It does conjure this image of a really sad looking person sitting mm-hmm. on the couch alone. Smiling. Smiling with their head smiling, on. Neglecting talking their, to say, children or fantasy, their yeah, dog right. or their significant other neglecting the real world like yeah. being isolated but then like you have this all this other side of the coin where if you see that sad person and then you put on a headset yourself and you go where they are suddenly you realize it's actually <laughs> kind of utopian and amazing um <laughs> then it's just like well what's more important ready player one your experience of life or the real world you big know? themes yeah, yeah. as long as it supports good i'm not story. into the idea of becoming a shut-in like just a society of shut-ins there are plenty of people, uh, I think, plenty of people who would be happy to use that as a way to complement their experiences. Yeah, I, 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 having the option, having the experience, I think that there's a, a there's value in it. But yeah, I, w- I would hate to think that something like that would absolutely replace the movie theater experience and getting out in the world and getting mall food before a movie or after a movie and well, going but, to a bar after a movie. Or, I think one of the most compelling things about Ready Player One was it people did embrace that because of this inequality problem. Right. Like, it's all they could afford. After the dystopian fall, (laughs) which we're headed for. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah. You know, one experience I really want to to try out, and this will require leaving the house to then put on a VR headset, is Star Wars Secrets of the Empire. This is the location-based VR experience where you go to a place. Right now it's at Disneyland in the, um, I believe, at downtown Disney. What? Where you go to Disney uh, Anaheim and you buy your ticket and you spend, I don't know, is it 10 minutes or so in, uh, in VR wearing a backpack. And I believe the storyline is you are a stormtrooper under, undercover and uh, it is totally location-based, interactive. The walls are there uh, and they're expanding to two locations. They're going to be in Glendale in Southern California and also going to Vegas. And that will be in early 2018. <sighs> Come on. We got to go down to Anaheim and try this ASAP. A- ASAP. Yeah. You know, this is also, um, it was developed in partnership uh, with The Void and ILM X Lab. And ILM X Lab is local in San Francisco. So, you know, I might reach out to them and see if we could, uh, if they have a version of it that we could even I try on site. They doubt, I doubt Interesting. Because it's physical. Like, yeah. they, they don't just have a, the space for that. So, it's expensive. You know, the Void has a Ghostbuster experience they have at yeah. Madame Tussauds mm-hmm. in New York, which yeah. I didn't get a chance to try on last time. How much there. is it? $30. $30 a ticket. Yeah. For, for 10 minutes. For, I, I, it's a, you know, 10, 15 minutes, I think. I don't know wow. exactly how long, but it's, it's short. It costs $100 to get into Disneyland for the whole day? Yep. Man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh, boy. Oh, I have a question. Future's expensive. Is there a, already been a, t- a term coined for like fubbing? is ignoring somebody with your phone so is there a term that corresponds with being ignored for vr what do you mean like if you would be ignored if i had a headset on right now like you've heard of fubbing no so it's when you're basically socially snubbing somebody and just you're on your phone like at dinner or like wherever right so there has to be a corresponding term for vr Hmm. i guess that i don't know I'm, I'm i'm all ears it would be in, unintentional sometimes, right? 
If you have a, have a headset on. If you on. have a headset on, it's all pretty intentional that you're not paying attention to the... <laughs> yeah, but you don't know when someone walks in the room. With the phone, your peripheral vision at least keeps you aware of that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, something about the location and experience. When we chatted with uh, Nomadic VR, right? Yeah. Um, and they're a location-based uh, VR company. It's being developed uh, here in the Bay Area. Uh one of the questions after going through their demo that they asked us is, did you miss not having your hands? Because they had tracked, uh, they didn't have track controllers, but they had what like a, a track, track gun, yeah. right? And you, once you picked up the gun, I did not miss not having my hands. Mm-hmm. But because the flash, I, you have the flashlight, right? Right, you, you do have the in. flashlight, right? Yeah. So you have, and you have some spatial awareness of like where your hands are, to touch the walls and touch the railings, but you don't actually see your hands. Uh, Secrets of the Empire, what the Void did, you do get to see your hands. I think they felt like that it was important, so mm-hmm. they use a magic, um, um, Leap motion, yeah. a leap motion system. Like uh, literally, they use leap? Leap motion, oh. yeah, plugging in the headset and looking at your hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one of the reasons I really want to try this is because it is location-based track environment, mapped world environment, yeah. but also tracked hands, real hand presence, you know, without doing like the Manus VR type clubs. And I'm really, really curious. Maybe if Tested can find $60 under the couch, we can go try this. Well, you also <laughs> need to get me down in LA for some reason. Yeah. Anaheim and Glendale. Well, yeah. I, Vegas will probably be the best way best way to experience it uh, without having wait in long lines. All right, yeah. So maybe maybe a Vegas trip is in is in order. Um, uh, in the uh, in the world of uh, Oculus and Facebook, uh, you know, Facebook Spaces has been out for a little while now. Uh, this is the VR app that lets you be in VR, interact with, socially with other people, but also lets you interact with people on computer screens as well. So if you're, someone's using Facebook Messenger, they can actually open a video chat where they see you in VR and they see you holding up like a selfie stick or at a window into the VR yeah. world and they see the FaceTime-style Messenger video. Um, it seemed pre- to be developed more of like a, a how to have conferences, how to have meetings mm-hmm. in the vir- in virtual reality. Yeah. A, soul, definitely a social, social application. Um, and now they've opened up to, to Steam VR to Vive users. This is just like worlds colliding. Yeah. Facebook. Facebook. This is an Oculus software. Oculus Home is not SteamVR compatible officially yet. And they've hinted they were going to open up potentially. But this is maybe the first step. The Facebook developed app wants more users and they want to get those hundreds of thousands of SteamVR users. It just makes me wonder. It makes me wonder where is this mandate that Oculus Home be strictly Rift come from? Maybe mm-hmm. it's not coming from Facebook. Maybe it's, it's a, that's an Oculus design, you know. And maybe idea. they're way more confident in their hardware now because maybe making home exclusive and may, having the quote unquote killer VR apps on their platform was important when the headsets were $600 plus $200. And now the Rift is 380 bucks, Depending on the day. Yeah, right. I think today it's three seven three three eighty today. Sometimes you get, it was as low as $350. Yeah. Ridiculous price. Right, as, knowing that a year ago it was eight hundred dollars, mm-hmm. um, so maybe they're more confident in the hardware and how many users they have. So, uh, if you have CVR, I think it's worth trying. I, if it's a sign of things to come, I think it's great. Something that's also worth trying. Um, so, uh, the new Oculus Home update, the Core two point update that came out uh, last week um, or two weeks ago now, uh, allows people to import things from their web browser into VR spaces. So one of the applications that we thought would be really cool is if you're sculpting in VR, for example, mm-hmm. you're like you an Oculus Medium or another, another one of those VR sculpting tools and you pull in a reference, uh, you use your web browser and you pull a picture or a video that you can freeze frame and you can then sculpt it as a visual reference. Totally a logical way to integrate this Oculus Core um, it, with an app. 
someone has now done and used the opposite and used Oculus Core to bring in their 3D modeling program or, uh, or their art program like Photoshop and sat in virtual environments and used the virtual environment as the reference to draw it out in Photoshop in their, in their digital platform. What? I know you could just take a screenshot, but that's not the point. <laughs> Wait, I don't, I don't understand. They, they got into VR. So let's say uh, the, the example they did was they use it with AirCar. So like, but let's say what's your the uh, Lone Echo, beautiful VR environment. Yeah. Um, I want to draw this space station. Okay. I want to just I want to sit here in yeah. my in my virtual body I'm in the game. I'm going to sit here. Yeah. And then I pull up Oculus Core and I pull up Photoshop in my hands. I'm holding my pen, my virtual, my, my stylus, yeah. my Wacom stylus. You're all in VR. And you're all in VR. Okay. You still have the headset on. Right. And I'm just sitting here and then I'm, I'm drawing out. Yeah. And I can see what I'm drawing because of Oculus Core. Yes. Because of the w- picture in picture, because of the window. That's what you're telling me they did? Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Super cool. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Really novel. I mean, I don't think it's, it's, a, it's a really novel way to, to interact with your VR environment. And I think this is. Almost like virtual tourism. Okay. Right? Like if, you, if you're if you in Google Earth VR. Yeah. As opposed to going to the Grand Canyon and mm-hmm. drawing out the Grand Canyon. Yeah. You could Google Earth VR, fly there, <laughs> sit on the edge of the uh-huh. Grand Canyon. Draw it. And, 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 and enjoy it. And then, you know, get inspiration and, and paint a painting. That's true. Yeah. Why not? Any kind of art class could be, you know. Yeah, how to paint nudes. You could have a go to a, be a class and have right. someone sit down in front of you and learn how to draw. Right, absolutely. Yeah, you could do it with video. You could do it with rendered objects. A lot of like a lot of the environments that we see in VR experiences are, are gorgeous. And now you can bring you can you can do more with it. Just be there. You I think actually the, the interesting thing about that is the Wacom tablet. Like the the fact that that right. that interface works perfectly still just as it is. Right, because you can position that window anywhere. Yeah, and and you get the one to one, you know, with low to none latent, no latency. Yeah, that's super cool. By the way, you mentioned Echo Arena, Lone Echo. Echo Arena has a holiday update now. It's limited time. It's only it started. I want to say yesterday. Uh, it's going to go through the new year. It's a Christmas festival inside Echo Arena. If you haven't been in there in a while, go check it out. There's presents. A Christmas e- festival everywhere. Like Dickens Fair? No, nah, I mean no. It's more just like no meat pies. There's presents everywhere. Huh. And like lights and snow. Garland. Yeah. Sparkly stuff. You know how World of Warcraft decorates for no. Christmas? Did you never play well? No. <laughs> well, it's the same kind of deal. It's just nice to see it skinned. Hmm. And those artists that work there, they're talented people. I'm telling you, their textures are so awesome. You can walk right up to that stuff. It looks good. Ready? I think that's it. Let's go to our last segment. Testing this week. Hey, what have you guys been testing? Jeremy, anything you've been testing lately? Uh, nothing comes to mind, although I'm sure it's out there. What about you? Uh, talking about new TV, new TV, new receiver, yeah. Xbox One X. Yeah. Uh, still paid for an Xbox One X, and I'm not going to play any games on it, basically. It's just going to be a 4K HDR Blu-ray player. Although I'm open to ideas, you know, if there's something that, that looks amazing that I need to play. Um, well, something we'll be talking about on projections this week, TP Cast. I've been testing lately. 
This is the wireless add-on for uh, the HTC Vive. Now, they just shipped one for the Rift, and uh, it, it's a little bit clunky in terms of the setup, but when it works, it works. And You've been playing it on the Vive. On the Vive. Yeah. Uh, set it up in an empty room, and having just not having cables. I know we all have like cable sense now for feet and dancing around, yeah. but I have never been lost in VR as much as I've been um, with using TV cast. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's, that is really exciting. Like, I don't know what, if you ask me, you know, especially with the, the Lux audio headset, uh, with the audio perfectly on, the headset perfectly on, you know, being in a game like, you know, LA Noir, uh, VR files, case files, uh, after an hour, I don't know which side is up and down. I am truly in that world. Hmm. Uh, it's not perfectly tetherless because there's, it's tethered to the battery that you have to put on your yeah. belt or your pocket or something. Um, but, your feet feel completely liberated. Are there any visual or auditory compromises? Uh, there are uh, in terms of um, both, actually. Uh, Audio-wise, the microphone doesn't work, so ah. you can't do microphone feedback. Okay. The video on the camera doesn't work. Oh, that, no, I just mean in terms of like the res of the game. Oh, no, everything's great. Now, controller latency? No controller no latency. Problem. Not for me. Yeah. Uh, visual fidelity, you do see some artifacting if you obscure, so it, does, it doesn't just cut off. It degrades a little bit. Uh, before it goes completely um, blank signal, and positioning yeah. of the transmitter is extremely important. Do you notice any compression artifacts from the video? I do when I um, when there's uh, uh, when there's uh, occlusion. But normally it's high enough bitrate. Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. Um, expensive. Yeah. But if we're talking about if you have the space and you can actually make use of it, uh, in it, its early days, if you if you had eight hundred dollars invested in VR before and you want to get more out of it, it, it might be worth it. And I think that does it this week for this and only test. We'll be back next week crossing our fingers for one final episode for 2017 before we bring in the new year. Uh, thanks so much, Danica, for joining us My this pleasure. week. Have you not been testing anything? <laughs> I made 18 dozen Pizzelles yesterday, so I guess I tested a Pizzell maker. What's a Pizzell? It's a cookie. Like a little cookie? Yeah, like I, I, have, I have a variety here. What do you mean a pizzelle so, maker? You mean an oven? No, they look it looks like a it's almost oh like gosh. a waffle maker. Like a little wafer. But like they're all different flavors. Oh, so yeah. like this is red velvet. I did Meyer lemon, uh, mint dark chocolate, which is what Norm wanted, and I was trying root beer. <laughs> I'll tell you the thing <laughs> is that um, a, a like a root beer flavor that you well put? there's they call it an extract, but yeah, what right. I learned about it is it's much like uh, mixing resin. If you add a lot of tint to resin, you get resin that doesn't fully cure. It's a lot softer. Yeah. Uh, same thing with cookies. Like, I want to add more root beer extract to get more root beer flavor. Right. But, it's but then the cookie doesn't get as crisp. Tricky balance. Yeah. So I'm experimenting. You made some amazing um, jello shots, which for your party, which <laughs> I haven't had a jello shot since like 95. Um, yeah, they were uh, butterbeer jello shots. They were good. They were really good. With sugar on top? They were uh, gold sprinkles. Amazing. Highly approved. It's a good time. I think that's it. Do we have uh, an outro? Yes, by no mos. Did All I right. mute again? Hi there, I didn't see you. That's it. This should be an override. I want this app to override the mute settings. Mm, That'd be dangerous. That is so dangerous. So dangerous. <laughs> that's it. I think that's Zach's first appearance in an outro. Congratulations, Zach. <laughs> Bye.